the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brett Johnson is a partner at the law firm of Snell & Wilmer, SWLaw.com. They're headquartered here in Phoenix, offices around the country, and he is our constitutional law and elections um, expert, uh, senior fellow, uh, visiting fellow, senior fellow, full fellow, full tenure. I have to apologize to you with that music, Brett. Um, Young David, my producer, um, it's his birthday today, and I gave him, as one of many gifts, uh, free reign to play whatever music he wanted, and I th- promised not to criticize it, though I am uh, exercising bloody tongue syndrome as we speak. Yeah, well, I haven't listened to Miami Vice in, uh, since the 80s, so uh, we're good. Oh, okay, all right, well, all right. <laughs> there is so much uh, that I want to talk to you about. Let, let, let's do this. Let's do the intersection a little bit for a moment of election law and constitutional law. There's this interesting thing going on. It didn't make a ton of news. It should have. Um, where there is this request to put a gag order on former President Donald Trump. I think it's in the Georgia case, if I'm not mistaken, right? The federal the federal case out of Georgia. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, and it's actually out of the District of Columbia case. Oh, it's the uh, so D.C. case? Okay, it's, a, it's the D.C. case, okay. and um, the, the special prosecutor did move for a gag order, and oh, it yes. kind of went— This is the yeah, Chutkin went, case. Sorry, yes, right. It, it. Yeah, no worries. And it, and it kind of went under the radar because the original— Original motion was filed under seal, and then the court eventually, um, you know, uh, undid the seal and released the brief. And then now, um, uh, President Trump has has responded to it. But basically, when you when you read the the request, it's not like a typical, you know, gag orders. I don't want to say are, are normal in criminal proceedings because they're not. They're they're abnormal. They're they're the rarity in the situation because everybody has the First Amendment rights. But it's it's usually related to. Um, a, a criminal type case where there are security um, situations or for potential tainting of, of the jury pool with people trying to basically argue their case out in public and then um, but and, and but in a, in a inappropriate way right that would violate um, the First Amendment and the, and the main thing is that it uh, the rule is, is, is very clear it's, it's called the a clear and present danger to the administration of justice which is clear and present danger just think about beyond a reasonable doubt like it, if I allow you to speak, it will have an impact on justice. It's, it's basically beyond doubt. So when you read the um, the motion from the government against uh, President Trump for the gag order, it, it reads more like a, a just a litany of social posts by him and others that they're that they're raising these concerns about. Um, but obviously, they they misunderstand that the context of the president, uh, the former president, now also a candidate yeah. for president who's running for office. Yep. And, the, and the main issue is they're, they're attempting to, to target specific witnesses that he can't talk about. The problem is he's running against some of those yep. folks. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so a couple things are true. First of all, I think it's still true that we consider First Amendment speech most protective of political speech above and beyond any other form of speech. That is what it's supposed to protect most strenuously. Fair enough. A good starting okay. point. 
Fair enough. And you and you hit two things yeah. on that on that principle here. Yeah. One is it's prior restraint, yep. um, telling somebody that they can't speak before they speak. And then also in this context, content based speech, which says that you cannot talk about X, Y and Z, right. especially <laughs> right. even though it's in the political realm. Right, right. It's it's a yeah. content based. Research. The second thing that, I, you know, I don't know this area uh, uh, of gag order law at all uh, or very well at all. But when you mentioned that the ten- the standard is clear and present danger, the rest of my First Amendment knowledge comes to the fore, which is that's not generally the test, right, for what is insightful speech, right? That was the test until the late 1960s when it became a different standard where it had to be imminent, uh, Im- imminent action, right? That that's correct, but obviously we're in a different context. Right, right. Yeah, so this is where the judiciary steps in and says the administration of justice is paramount over all other laws, and therefore it must take a second seat to some of the First Amendment, but right. but at such a high standard, yes, right? Yes. So that's the balancing test. Um, Brett, this will obviously be litigated. I know that the Trump lawyers have sent their objections to this request by the prosecution, and then that raises the question. And does that delay this trial ultimately even further? I mean, we're talking a lot about whether Donald Trump will be convicted before the election. There are going to be a lot of these uh, intercalary challenges along the way. You hear the music. Let me have you answer that on the other side of this break. Can we talk about Sounds good. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Brett Johnson is our guest. He's going to rejoin me in just one moment as we uh, enjoy the dulcet tones of whatever David Dahl is serving up today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Brett Johnson is our guest from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. My producer, Brett, as I was mentioning, he's in his 20s. He's not going on his 40s in his cultural tastes. He's going on his, he's going on Methuselah. That's how old he, he acts, um, at least with his musical tastes. All right. So <clears throat> we were talking on the gag order, uh, the gag order um, argument with regard to Donald Trump right now in the D.C. case. They're challenging it. And so there will be, in all of these cases, uh, intermediary challenges. Is that the right phrase? Uh, You're right. Yeah, along the way. Interlocutory. Interlocutory, yeah. Challenges about various orders and and, and discovery and motions. It will ultimately, these will ultimately, or these will not ultimately, delay the ultimate trial, the final trial on the merits, if they even get to the final trials on the merits, because some of these decisions could not in this case, but in perhaps other motions, uh, dismiss or, or, or dismiss certain elements of certain cases. Are we going to are, are, are we going to see a trial of Donald Trump before the election? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it just it did the complexity of this case um, by itself is just um, is just too much. Plus, you have quite a few witnesses, and I appreciate those witnesses have already been deposed or interviewed by the government. They haven't necessarily been deposed or interviewed by the defense counsel. Whether or not they have a right to do that is, is a different issue, but having ac- equal access to the information before a witness gets up on the stand. There's a th- a, 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 people have Brady rights, yeah. which, is, uh, um, which is a major issue, which if there's anything that the government is holding back because it could hurt their case, that's probably going to be a big issue. This, this 
this gag order motion, I doubt that this would impact um, the case. And, and, and strategically, I, I, I'm, 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 I'll be honest with you, I'm having a hard time with my brain is to understand why they're actually going down this road. Yeah. Because you, usually it, it, um, it's just highlighting possible issues with the judge and the jury base that then President Trump can use for possibly a change of venue. Because if, if, if he does go the way, um, it's just going to be concerning. Now, it's also so broad, it's just meant to be a shot across the bow of, of hey, can you restrain him? Now, don't let me make sure I'm balanced on this. Yeah. Um, as an attorney, do, do I have, would I have great concerns if, if my client was out there talking about the case sure. in certain ways? Absolutely. Sure. So I think from even the defense side that they wish some of the rhetoric may be um, closed down, but that's, again, very, very hard to do in the middle of a political campaign. Yeah, with the, with the most political person in America uh, over the most uh, important political election that would be taking yeah. place in a given year. And the right. odd thing, too, about it, it seems to me— is we kind of, I don't want to speak for you, a lot of us here kind of know that whatever gag order may succeed, may, just arguendo if it succeeds, it's going to apply to one side because we have seen again and again and again these leaks out of the prosecutor's offices all the time. And it's going to represent to a lot of us a fundamental unfairness in the trial. Well, and actually, that's pointed out by Trump's lawyers yeah. in in the brief. Um, and and the, if you might remember uh, when I when I talked about the indictment that came out, there's an indictment that just really lays down you know very broad allegations, and then you have your counts below, and that's kind of a standard criminal indictment. This is what we call a speaking indictment, yeah. which was about 35 pages of very specific items. And so the argument from the Trump folks are is that hey, listen, you did a speak, you didn't have to, you did yeah. a speaking indictment that raised all of these issues some of them possibly political, definitely some of them covered by the attorney-client privilege, and yet you put that out there, and yet now you're asking us to have to be restrained. Um, And and I think that that's going to be very, very telling going forward, including some of the press conferences that have been done um, and some of the language that has been used, even in the brief. So when they unsealed this brief, it's, you know, uh, you know, President Trump knows. And th- those are things that you don't normally see in a criminal proceeding because you, you have to tie it to something factually. Well, does President Trump really know that this is going to impact, um, you know, jur- juries in, in D.C. or in Georgia, for that matter? Um, so it's it's really kind of interesting how this is. This is really, in my opinion, probably a media ploy um, on, um, on both sides, to be honest with you, about trying to frame what is going to go forward in the trial yeah. and, and also maybe a little confusion with the judge, um, who it's clear that President Trump does not want um, hearing this case. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple minutes left. Uh, interesting area uh, that has interesting legal implications not everyone thinks about. Talk of government shutdown. If the government shuts down, what kinds of things do someone like you, and from your perspective, look at? Sure. And, and don't get me wrong. So, you know, this is an old, old law back in the 1800s, and it's called the Anti-Deficiency Act, which basically says that, hey, unless the, unless the Congress and the president through the budget process has, has appropriated money, the government's not allowed to spend money. And there's obviously a lot of different provisions where those, there's programs that are, that are excluded from that. Think about Social Security and whatnot. But there's other 
things about government services where although um, you know food stamps for example would be still um, allocable but the, how, how are you going to process those those food stamps because nobody's going to be here right. the one that always sticks with me though is yeah. is that th- this is this is really just so that everybody understands this isn't that the government is not going to do its work or pay for the services and goods that that it receives it's just going to delay it it's yeah. going to furlough it so when they say and don't get me wrong I'm not uh, you know there's a lot of military members um, also other people who who are on very short incomes from the government um, that would would be seriously impacted if it's longer than two or three weeks because that's a full pay period yeah. but also keep in mind when these people are furloughed and that's the word furloughed they're they're not able to do government work and having been in the government it was great because you didn't have to do any work during that period of time you were blocked from your emails etc but I knew that when I came back on, I was getting all that money back, Yeah. right? right. So the argument that I'm not going to get paid, and the reason why I'm not a big fan of uh, government shutdowns is, is that we're giving government employees a free two-week vacation yep. that they'll get paid back for. Yep. So I think that that's sometimes missing in the conversation, and everybody wants to talk about how um, horrible it is, et cetera. But um, you, you have to kind of keep that in mind. Now, don't get me wrong, and it, it, through history, it has shown that there's economic impacts because that government, the government's the biggest provider or a, a buyer of goods and services in the country, that there is an economic impact, but it's um, it, it has to be taken into context and everything with a grain of salt through the parade of horrors that we're hearing about. Well, not only that, but usually these shutdowns are done in the name of saving money. And uh, beyond peradventure, it has been shown again and again, particularly with the last three shutdowns, that it costs extra money to shut it down, uh, shut down the government based on late fees, interest payments, lost revenue, and that sort of thing. It adds billions to the deficit, to the debt. That, that's exactly right. And also with government contracting, yep. right? So yep. the, most of these people, uh, people are servicing the government or private enterprises, a lot of them small businesses. You get into it because the appropriation's not there. Yep. The government worker has, or the government contractor has to go away. But when they come back, they get what's called a, uh, an equitable adjustment, yep. and they're able to extend out their time frames and redo basically a lot of the different contracts, yep. and that does increase the um, the amount of monies that the government is spending for sure. Yeah, cures are sometimes worse is, worse than the disease yep. in these cases. Exactly. Yeah, Brett, it's good catching up with you. A little bit of an extended yeah. segment here. Thank you so much for everything. No problem. Thank you, Seth, You've, and thanks for putting up with. David Dahl's birthday as well, and the <laughs> cultural fallout that that, uh, the cultural downwash that uh, uh, will affect the law firm of uh, Snell and Wilmer. <laughs> All right. Brett Johnson has been our guest. I'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.